0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is about to be a doozy, a weird one, a different one. All the tech is crazy right now, and it's a little weird for me. So I am recording on a different camera today, and I thought I was gonna do some like super extra fly shit for y'all. Take this off for just a second, but it didn't work out. So, it's going to be a little weird, but we're going to get through it. So, I don't know what's going on, but the internet is completely down for me. My Wi-Fi is shot. It's bad out here. I spoke to the peoples. They got a technician coming in a few days, but I wanted to get one more pot out before the end of the year. Uno mas. One more pod, and I got questions. This pod, and we're gonna get right to them. So, first, this is being recorded on Friday, December 30th, and yesterday, on the 29th, the first recreational marijuana dispensary opened in New York City. New York City. And so, I think that's cool. It was a little weird that they decided to open at 4.20 p.m. You know, they tried to get their fake 4.20 on. And uh, yeah, that's cool and all. But what I thought was even more interesting is... Who runs slash owns this dispensary? Housing Works. Yeah, the nonprofit. Yes, they are in charge. So let's go to a quote from them. Everything from wrapped to pre-wrapped, edibles, just a full array at different price points. Housing Works CEO Charles King said, tomorrow we expect a very long line down the block, but after that, we'll be able to serve people pretty expeditiously. King joined CBS News New York ahead of the grand opening. Housing Works is known for serving homeless New Yorkers and people living with HIV and AIDS. He said the nonprofit has been working on getting a license to sell recreational pot for the last three years. Ain't that interesting, though? Because it wasn't legal for three years. Hmm. And isn't it really interesting that the first one went to this nonprofit? Not only does the article say nonprofit, but if you look up Housing Works, they're a nonprofit. I think this is interesting. It says here, probably the last quote I'll read. It says, we serve overwhelmingly. Oh, I thought they, I thought I read it wrong. They wrote it differently than I thought it should have been. So as it says here, we serve overwhelmingly a population that has been criminalized by the war on drugs. (laughs) I'm just trying to get through this. And we felt it was appropriate for us to be able to not only sell cannabis, but use that as an opportunity to hire and employ people who've been just as involved due to use and possession of cannabis, King said. Everything is grown in New York and produced in New York, Housing Works creative director Elizabeth Koch said. That was an interesting quote. I just, I'm not even going to give opinions. I just find it interesting. That's what I'm going to say here. I just find it interesting that... Oh, I guess I should take these off so y'all don't see the ring light on in my glasses too much. But I just find it really interesting that this nonprofit is the first door to open. Are they the first license? I don't know. We can assume yes, but we don't know for sure. But what I think is really interesting is that this non I'm gonna stop saying it, but why did they get the first one? Who they know? Who who they was rubbing elbows with? The people's eyebrow, because people want to know. And of course, congratulations to New York. It's great that we've got the ball rolling. Jersey been doing their thing. They got recreational spots up all over the place, and uh, I think this is very interesting. It's a great first step for New York. I'm curious to see how this goes, especially with all the rumors and all the bids being put in for a casino in Times Square. Yes, they are trying to put a casino in Times Square. I'm curious how that will go and if there will be a recreational dispensary nearby because that will make New York, I guess the new Vegas, which maybe that's what they're trying to do, a topic for another time. Let's go to our next topic. Before we get into some real political shit, let's just get a little weird. I don't know the proper pronunciation because I don't know the proper spelling. I heard the name of the app, but I did not check to find the app itself. But y'all probably know because y'all have been using it a hell of a lot. So there's an app called Wenza AI, or I believe that's how you pronounce it, Wenza AI. There's an audio clip I'm gonna insert in here, and hopefully that audio clip will help you guys understand a little better. But I just want y'all to know that y'all are fucking dumb. And I don't need my glasses for this. There's an app that all of you have been using where you take, how many pictures? 20 pictures. Y'all took 20 of your pictures and uploaded them to the app. And then you paid $7.99, so they can turn you into some cool AI Cartoon. Well, I just want y'all to know that a report came out, hence this audio drop. Number five of Lenza's terms of use that says in part, you grant us a perpetual, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty, free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-licensable, license to use, reproduce, <laughs> modify, distribute, create derivative works of your user content. In plain terms, if you're a user who wants to use Lenza, you agree that any photographs you give the Lenza, they can use it however they want. And that says that y'all signed away all your shit in perpetuity. That means forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Forever never seems that long until you're grown. And y'all motherfuckers are grown. And y'all gave away... The rights to your images. They can now sell your images, keep your images, remix your images, and make all type of shmoney off of your images. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Can't believe it, but it's true. Who did it? Y'all did it. Not me. Y'all did it. Y'all paid $8 and gave up 20 of your images for some old remix shit. Y'all could have got that on Fiverr for five bucks. Mm, mm, mm. And now the company owns all your shit. Your image is about to be all over the place and you won't be able to get it back because you signed an agreement. You signed an agreement that stated they can keep it in perpetuity. That's forever. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all done did it again. Y'all ain't learn from the filters and the old man thing and everything else. Y'all still ain't get it, huh? That's some sad shit. You just gave away all your images you ain't even care. Some of y'all got other people up there from your family. And now they own those images. That is sad, sad, sad. Mm, 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 And now, let's keep it pushing. Now, I need the specs once again. All right, so, real quick. Take these off for a second. We always hear about the government shutdown. The government shutdown, the government shutdown, the government shutdown, the government shutdown. All the time, we hear about the government going to be shut down unless they have a meeting, sign some bills, get the funding going, and keep it open for another X amount of time. We always hear about this. Well, the latest one was a doozy. You probably heard about the $1.7 trillion spending bill already, but I want to talk just a little bit about it. Because it leads to my next topic. Well, it's been signed. It is a year-long federal government spending package. It was signed yesterday. That's Thursday. Okay. Right? Okay. And so, the president signed off on it. 7... Ah, okay. It includes 772.5 billion for non-defense discretionary programs and 858 billion in defense funding. That's more in both of those than the previous year. Now, there's a lot of shit in here. That's interesting. I'm going to bounce around and then we'll head into the next topic. We'll ride this right into the next topic. Now, there is more than $38 billion in emergency funding to help Americans in the West and Southeast affected by recent natural disasters, including tornadoes, hurricanes, flooding and wildfires. All right, great. It'll aid farmers, provide economic development, assistance for communities, yada, yada, yada. Something that it does that's quite gangster is it overhauls the electoral vote counting law. What the fuck does that mean? Well, I tell you. This is from our good friends at CNN. I know not everyone loves them but that's who we're going to use right now. A provision in the legis Ooh, I was going too fast. Slow it down. Okay. A provision in the legislation aims at making it harder to overturn a certified presidential election. The first legislative response to the US Capitol insurrection And the then president, y'all know his name. All right. They had a campaign trying to say that, you know, they didn't lose the last election, the 2020 election. All right. So this change overhauls the 1887 Electoral Count Act, which that guy tried to use to overturn the 2020 election. The legislation clarifies the vice president's role while overseeing the certification of the electoral result to be completely ceremonial. It also creates a set of stipulations designed to make it harder for there to be any confusion over the accurate state of electors from each state. Electors from each state. Basically, They are making sure that vice presidents moving forward are just there and cannot overturn a goddamn thing when it comes to the Electoral College's votes. Okay, and now another interesting piece here is there is funding for January 6th attack prosecutions. I will say it again. There is funding for January 6 attack prosecutions. And now we read. The law provides $2.6 billion for U.S. attorneys, which includes funding efforts to, quote, further support prosecutors, I'm sorry, prosecutions, related to the January 6 attack on the Capitol and domestic terrorism cases. And the package also gives $11.3 billion to the FBI, including for efforts to investigate extreme violence and domestic terrorism. The funding measures are part of nearly $39 billion for the good old Justice Department. And now I have to do some more research on this part, but... Here's the next part. Retirement savings enhancements. The law contains new retirement rules that can make it easier for Americans to accumulate retirement savings and less costly to withdraw them. Among other things, the provisions will allow penalty-free withdrawals from some emergency for some emergency expenses, let employers often matching retirement contributions for a worker's student loan payments and Oh, they're going to let employers match it. Sorry, I read it and didn't really compute. It didn't really go through the old noodle. Uh, Whatever. I'm going to go back to that another day because I have to do some more research on how this affects the retirement stuff. But probably the most interesting piece. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I don't want to read this whole shit, but they were things put in place to help pregnant women, specifically pregnant workers with workplace accommodations. And maybe we'll get back to that later. Uh, I don't want to speak too much about that part because I don't know much about it. And I don't like speaking about things I don't know much about. Also, there are changes made to Medicaid and other healthcare programs. Probably something we'll talk about next pod because I don't want to make this pod too long. All right? And so... Probably the most interesting piece of the pie is... And I take off the specs for dramatic effect. Yo, TikTok has been banned for federal workers. I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently it is. TikTok has been banned, but not for everyone. So now I put the specs back on and let's talk about specifically who, why, all that good stuff. TikTok banned from federal devices. The legislation bans TikTok, the Chinese-owned short-form video app from federal government devices. Some lawmakers have raised bipartisan concerns that China's national security laws would... Oh, could force TikTok or its parent, ByteDance, to hand over the personal data of its U.S. users. Recently, a wave of states led by Republican governors have introduced state-level restrictions on the use of TikTok on government-owned devices. Well, folks, now federal devices will no longer be allowed to have TikTok. There's a ban. Sorry. No TikToker for you. And now, get on and ride with me into the next topic. Because this is some shit I've got an opinion on. Okay. More aid for Ukraine. I say more aid for Ukraine. One more again. More aid for Ukraine. The spending law provides roughly 45 B-b-b-b-billion. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. But the spending law provides roughly $45 billion to, to help support Ukraine's efforts to defend itself against Russia's attack. About $9 billion of the funding will go to Ukraine's military to pay for a variety of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. The covidity and the trope, you know, it, it it messed me up just now. About nine billion of the funding will go to Ukraine's military to pay for a variety of things, including training, weapons, logistics support, and salaries. Nearly twelve billion. Nearly twelve billion dollars. Twelve billion dollars will be used to replenish U.S. stocks of equipment sent to Ukraine through presidential drawdown authority. Also, the law provides $13 billion for economic support to the Ukraine government. Other funds address humanitarian and infrastructure needs as well as support Oh, I guess they forgot four. Because it says Intra- infrastructure needs, comma, as well as support European command operations. Yeah, they probably forgot support two or support four. Whatever. Yo, next topic. I don't need the glasses. This rides us right into the next and last topic. Because I don't want to make this too long. And I know. No sex this, po- this podcast. I'm sorry. But there's a lot going on. So... Uh, we also had the president of Ukraine come and sit before the peoples here and uh, we listened to him beg for more money, more funding, more help. I'm just going to be very blunt here. Why don't we just straight up say we not fucking with Russia? I know we've hinted it, I know we've insinuated it, and yo, whatever, y'all got back the basketball girl, and I know that sounds disrespectful at the moment, but I just, I'm trying to look at the larger picture here. We already got back what you said you wanted from Russia, clearly, y'all got back the person, y'all did the swap, cool. We're giving 45 million, uh, billion. We're paying salaries. We're doing things for their military. Yo, why are we not just straight up saying, yo, we don't fuck with Russia? And let me be clear. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm not saying we should be going to war with Russia. But isn't that pretty much what the fuck we're doing at this point? What is the point of funding these people? And we're not saying straight up, yo, we ain't fucking with y'all. I don't understand. Yeah, NATO's getting money too, cool, whatever. New people, countries are being brought into NATO, or at least that's being discussed. Cool, great, spectacular, wonderful, awesome. But if we ain't fucking with Russia, why we don't just straight up say it? Why we keep trying to be the fake world police? How many times are we going to keep being the fake world police? Why must we keep being the fake world police? Is it just me? Am I bugging or is this really what we are gonna keep doing? Actually, better question, is this not what we've continued to do? I mean, yes, I know that we have bullied and stampeded our way through every country on the map probably in some way or another. Yes, I'm aware. And I'm sure that there's gonna be nasty comments about that piece right there. It's cool, no problem. But if we're not going to fuck with Russia, Let me curse less so this point can be made a little more clearly. If we are going to continue to support the Ukraine, if we are going to give money, equipment, pay salaries, do all of these different things, why are we playing world police and not just teaming up with them? Again, not what I'm saying I want. I'm just saying, why are we playing games? Why? Because we're scared to straight up say that we don't want to bang with Russia? That we're ready to join arms with the Ukraine? I don't know what the right decision is. I'm not a military person. I don't have White House clearance. But I don't understand. Why do we keep playing around? If it's on CNN, if it's on the interweb, it ain't only on CNN. All these places know what we're doing. You think Russia don't know? Why we keep playing with Russia? Why aren't we just being straight up? And why can't we mind our business? Why do we have to keep being the fake world police? Why? Why, 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 why? I just don't get it. I don't understand. And really, I would like to understand. Why is it that we have to have our hands in everything? When the things happening here in our country are bad enough. When the things happening here in our country are out of hand. We don't have a firm grip on the problems going on in our country. Yet we're going to keep helping all of these other countries. Yes, you can multitask. Yes, you can do things simultaneously. But why are we playing around? Why are we doing this? I don't get it. Do you get it? Cause I honestly do not. I don't. I don't wanna keep being the fake world police. I know I'm not in charge. I know I don't have a say, but I just don't like it. I don't wanna keep being the fake world police. Why do we have to keep being the fake world police? That's my question. I would love some answers. If y'all have answers, facts, fact-based answers, please put them in the comments. Feel free. That's our pod. This is the last pod of the year. Thank you for being here. Thank you for riding out this weird year with me. And I will be back very soon with another episode of the Sexual Intellectual Podcast. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year's. See y'all in 2023.